Now, as we continue to pursue the identity of the beast, the way that the enemy opposes the saints, let's continue with the reading uh, from Revelation 12, 3. It says, And another sign appeared in heaven. The first sign was, of course, the woman with the child. Another sign appeared in heaven. And this sign, of course, is connected to the first sign, or at least it it will engage the first sign of the woman with child. Behold, a great fiery dragon, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns or diadems on his heads. And his tail drew a third of the stars of the heaven and threw them to the earth. That would be his influence leading to the deception of other angels. If you understand that this great red dragon, fiery red dragon, is Satan. And of course he continues to wage war against the woman and her child. He's ready, positioning himself, ready to devour the child. Again, birth pangs to produce the mature son, the son who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God and His throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God and that would feed her there 1,260 days. Now, again, this piece I'm not unpacking. I simply want to show you what this beast is, that which wages war against the saints, which in prior broadcasts I had shown you from the Scriptures, was torn apart, it was destroyed, the destroyer was destroyed, and the authority and greatness of all the kingdoms on the earth were given to the saints of the Most High. So, we know how the end will be. Now, I want to connect this fiery red dragon with the serpent from the Garden of Eden because I am saying that this kingdom of seven heads and ten horns, which Daniel tells us, this beast of seven heads and ten horns, Daniel tells us is a kingdom. All right? I want to connect this beast with the serpent in the, in the, in the Garden of Eden. Verse 7 says, And war broke out in heaven. Now we know there are three heavens. We know the present location of the demonic forces in the heavens. It's in the second heavens, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so this war, when Jesus was speaking, 
He said, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. So there was a time when Satan was amongst the angels that serve God. In his rebellion, he was thrown out, but he wasn't thrown into the earth. He was thrown into the second heavens. Now he's about to be thrown out of the second heavens into the earth. So verse 7 says, Revelation 12, and war broke out in heaven. So we know it's the second heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. That's coming right after this great red dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. So whoever this dragon is, he's attended by angels who are fighting against Michael and the angels under Michael's command. But they did not prevail. The dragon and his angels did not prevail against Michael and his angels. This is not the original war that Jesus references when he said, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. That's the original war. That's when he waged war in the first instance and was cast out. He resides now in the second heavens, the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This is round two and he loses round two again. Michael and his angels kick him out of the second heavens. They were not, they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. They're done with heaven. So the great dragon was cast out. Pay close attention to this. That old, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan. So who is the dragon? That serpent of old. What serpent of old? Now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beast of the field. He, the form in which Satan came into the garden to tempt man, to lie to him, to appeal to the lust of his soul, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, or rather the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All three elements he brought with him when he came into creation to stir up, his his temptation was to stir up these lusts within the soul which, which flourish whenever the soul of man is not subject to his spirit. Hmm? That's where the ancient serpent made his first appearance in creation. Now this is the same actor. He had been acting invisibly 
from the second heavens with his angels, the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, to name two of the mighty angels who have been thrown out with him in the heavens. Now they're cast out into the earth. And who he is, who he is, is not remotely in doubt. He who deceives the whole world is how this old serpent called the devil and Hasetan, the accuser of the brethren, who deceives the whole earth. How does he deceive the whole earth? He deceives the whole earth by appealing to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's how he deceives the whole earth. He was cast out and his angels with him. So the heavens now are evacuated of the demonic presence. I suspect that things get very rough on the earth because that's the only other place in creation that they can go to. God created the heavens and the earth. If you're not in the heavens, where are you? You're going to be on the earth. Then I heard a loud voice saying, in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of His Christ have come. Have come where? To the earth. Have come to His people. This is the point at which that last endowment of the sovereign authority of Christ that had waited for long ages past to be put on display to principalities and powers in the heavenly realms, now it was going to be put on display on the earth. And by the way, that's another passage that speaks of the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. That's from Ephesians 3, that God always intended to manifest, to put on display the Son who is in the image and likeness of His Father before principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age to put it on display to them. Now, now, salvation. This isn't about going to heaven. This is about being saved out of the kingdom of darkness. For God has translated us from the rule of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of God. Now is the conflict of kingdoms. Mankind, in, in the body of Christ, 
and only mankind in the body of Christ. His intent was now through the church, which is his body. Mankind assembled into Christ are going to oppose the enemy and the enemy is going to oppose them. But again, the reserve of salvation, meaning they're not under his control anymore, they're under the control of the headship of Christ and they've been brought to maturity so they have the strength, these are powerful words, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. You should be hearing an echo in your your head from the scripture that says, finally my brethren, this would be Ephesians the 6th chapter verse 10, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord, that's your salvation, your salvation is you are in Him, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power, Ephesians says, put on the whole armor of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes, deceptions, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We were prepared ahead of time with these teachings from Paul and other writers of the New Testament and we should have been growing up so that we could assume our position in Christ, the salvation out of the kingdom of darkness that that means, that the power and the authority of Christ, His and would have become the plenipotentiary, the potential of seeing the plenary power of Christ and becoming the executive authority, the exousia of His power, of His dunamis. These are the things that should have been long taught. Look, if, if the church any church, any church group that has not been preparing the people of God to become mature is already behind the curve. This foolish gospel, which is no gospel at all, of going to heaven when you of, of being raptured out of here, and I call it again foolish because nowhere in the scriptures does it suggest we're not going to be here. No, it would be absurd that we wouldn't be here. How then will the glory of God be shown in the earth and against whom? 
the glory of God is shown in the earth, in the saints, in the way they overcome the enemy, when his best scheme, his ultimate scheme, this beast of seven heads and ten horns, is mobilized against that which belongs to the Lord. And from the heavens God is saying, now watch this, now watch this, watch how they overcome him, his best scheme, seven heads, ten horns, ten crowns on on the ten horns, and one that speaks blasphemous things against heaven. Watch, watch as I move my army against him, because he has nothing in them. Jesus said, Satan is coming, but when he does, he will find nothing in me. What is he saying? He's saying, I don't depend on him. I'm not of his kingdom. He does not command me. I'm not under his sway. I'm not under his rule. I'm not subject to anything that he has thought up. He'll find nothing in me. And as sure as that was true of Christ, it will be true of the body of Christ that confronts the enemy in that time. And in my estimation, we are now in the time of the beginnings of sorrows, where the birth of this mature man, coming forth in newness, so in that sense he's a child, never never has been in the earth before, his antecedent has been, the first order of his appearing has been, but not the mature son, not the mature corporate son at the end of the age. And here's what it says, the accuser of the brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they, the brethren, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, they were saved out of his domain, by the word of their testimony, they stood in the mighty strength of God, clothed with his authority, which is what you are when you're in his kingdom, his basilica, which is the word kingdom, or basilio in the Greek. His basilica is the foundation or basis of his authority and rule. So you'll you'll overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, that you're not of this world, you're not subject to his domain, you're of Christ, and therefore having submitted to Christ, you're able to resist the devil, and he must flee from you. And the word of their testament, and that they did not love their lives to death. He couldn't threaten you. You've overcome the lust of the flesh, the addiction to being alive by any and every means, 
Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell on in them. Now look, but woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great, great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. When he's kicked out of the heavens, he can no longer operate from a position of anonymity. He cannot be the wizard behind the screen pulling the strings. He has to be overt. He's denied the cloak of invisibility from behind which to practice his deception. Now it's kingdom against kingdom. Now it's this fourth kingdom seen in Daniel, seen again in John, or in the Revelation, in operation against the saints. Now, he knows that he has a short time before, before he's stripped of his authority and the saints are given authority over all that he claims to have command of. Now, let me, right after this it says, I stood on the sand of the sea, verse, 13, uh, verse 1 of chapter 13 of the Revelation, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns and ten crowns on his head. So that's the, that's the depiction the beast is the depiction of the ancient dragon, the red dragon, the fiery red dragon, same description. Seven heads, ten horns, ten crowns on the head, on, uh, ten crowns on the ten horns, each crown having a horn on it. And on his head, heads, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, had feet like that of a bear, mouth like that of a lion, and the dragon. Now, again, we're looking at the reverse of the order in which Daniel saw them. Daniel saw a lion, a bear, and a leopard, but now when John sees them in the Revelation, it's the leopard, the bear, and the lion. John is looking prospectively in his, into history, the first kingdom closest to him, is that of the is typified by the lion. The one next further uh, from him is the bear, and the furthest from him is the lion, and the ultimately furthest one is the fourth great beast with seven heads and ten horns. Daniel is looking back, and the lion is nearest. Uh, the, the leopard is nearest to him. The bear is further back in time and the lion is closest to Daniel's time. And he says, so, but, but it's the, he said, I saw a beast, which means that the, the three predecessors have been rolled up into the one. So all the ways in which the craft of the enemy has been presented systemically in the earth in the form of kingdoms are now rolled into this beast of seven heads and ten horns. 
Now these are great mysteries, but they're not impenetrable mysteries. In fact, you're, you're hearing, you're hearing the revelation of ancient mysteries. This is a time of understanding, all right? Now he goes on and says, the dragon, who would be the dragon? The fiery red dragon, that ancient serpent, the devil or Satan? So the dragon, Satan, gave his power, his throne and great authority to the beast. So this kingdom then is Satan's kingdom, the beast is a kingdom. And mankind worshipped the beast, verse 4, saying, Who is able, who is like the beast, and who is able to make war against him? And then the mouth speaking blasphemous things against the Most High. And I talked the last time about how it's this horn that came up that had a mouth that was, was granted to that horn to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And here I'm t- I'm, I was speaking about the fact that the manner of the warfare against the saints is not to entrap us in the economy of this beast, but to declare things by way of a, a propaganda war, a cultural war, and we will not prevail in the deceptions, against the deceptions of this cultural war. People will listen to what is being said by the beast before they will listen to us. Here's what the scriptures say, in the last days, Men will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will heap to themselves, heap to themselves, they'll go and fetch teachers who agree with them, teachers after their own lust. And they will turn away from the truth and they will turn to fables. Right now, This couldn't be more on point right now. There is such a war on the truth in the earth and people disagree in the most hideous of ways with anything other than what they choose to believe. Right now the the war is being waged in the air between various television networks and people listen to these networks on the basis of what the people want to hear. And the teachers are now teachers on television to tell the people what they want to hear. People are deceived because of their lust. Lust of the, eye, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's where I want to pick up when we come back.
because that's where the deception is effective. And the craft of the devil, his entire kingdom, is structured to appeal to these lusts. Seven heads, ten horns. That's where we'll start when we come back. I'm Sam Solon. We'll see you then.